Hi, welcome to this week's Parsha Shir, Parsha B'Shalach. This episode is sponsored by Aaron and Lillian Fuchs and Jason Fuchs in memory of Aaron's sister and Jason's aunt, Shandel Gutman. Shandel Gittel, Baschaim Shol, Aleha Shola Muzyartite is on the 11th of Shvat. Thank you to Carly, thank you to Madeline, thank you to all those who make these broadcasts. Um, whether it's on SoundCloud or YouTube possible, just to remind you that you can subscribe to my various channels on YouTube, on SoundCloud, so that you get an automatic um, notification when a new share uh, is, uh, is posted online. So do click on that icon and uh, make sure that you are one of the subscribers. This week, Parshas B'Shalach, and we're going to focus on a very famous song, Oz Yoshir Moshe. They go through the Red Sea, it splits. Quite an incredible miracle. In fact, in the history of miracles, there's never been a greater miracle than Kriyas Yamsuf. That is the pinnacle of all miraculous events that have ever happened in human history. And I'm, you know, it's, human history limits it somewhat to human existence. The universe in every aspect of the universe, this miracle is incredible. It defied the laws of nature. It was very specific in that it enabled the Jewish people to emerge from slavery without any harm, to cross through a body of water that they could not have crossed because they didn't have ships, they didn't have boats, and for the army that was chasing them to be totally obliterated. So the fact is, it is one of the most important, pivotal moments of Jewish history and human history. We're going to look at the song that the Jewish nation sang immediately after this miracle. They emerged from the Yamsuf, from the dry land that uh, had enabled them to cross through the sea. They went on the seabed, they emerged to the other side, they're now on the seashore, and the Egyptian army has been drowned, and this great fear that they had of their annihilation, of their extermination at the hands of the most powerful army, of the most powerful empire on the planet. They were no longer fearful. It was done. And they sang a song. Oz Yoshir Moshe Sashir Azois. And they say, That's how the song begins. I'm going to translate it for you. We will sing to God because he, exalt, he is exalted above the arrogant. He threw the horse and its rider into the sea. We're going to look at this posuk through the eyes of my late grandfather, Rabbi Yosef Tzvi Dunner, in his Sefer Mikdash HaLevi. A few weeks ago I began to take portions from the Mikdash HaLevi, which has just been republished in its sixth edition. And I'm so happy with all the great feedback I've had from those who are viewing this on YouTube and those who have been uh, um, listening to this on SoundCloud. Thank you so much for your comments and for your feedback about the great Divrei Torah that uh, are contained in my grandfather's safe. And by the way, if you're watching this and you've never corresponded with me, it's very easy to correspond with me to email me. I look forward to hearing from you. You can do it via my website. There's a page that you could ask the rabbi or there's other methods that you can 
uh, contact me, uh, or you can just email me, rabbi, R-A-B-B-I, at Y-I-N-B-H dot org. I look forward to hearing from you. I'm always happy to correspond and to engage in a discussion with any of those people who listen to my Divrei Torah online or watch them on YouTube. I'm delighted to be able to answer your questions and to be able to uh, uh, engage in some, uh, some wonderful discussions about certain aspects of what I talk about or on any subject that takes your fancy. But let's look at what the Mikdash HaLevi, my late grandfather, says about this particular opening posuk of Oz Yoshir. Oz Yoshir stands out as one of the most important uh, moments of faith in Jewish tradition. The Jewish nation has just been formed a few days earlier. Yetzirah Mitzrayim had just happened. The Jewish nation is now a nation. It's an independent entity. And it's just been embraced as the chosen nation of, the, of God. They are now heading towards Har Sinai. They're going to be receiving the Torah in a few weeks. But this is the first moment where they acknowledge, in, in a sense, we don't know much about the Jewish nation. We know about Avram, Yitzhak and Yaakov. We know that there were um, the 12 tribes who came to Egypt and settled there in Eretz Goshen. We know that they were enslaved. We don't know much about them. We know about Moshe and Aharon. We know about these two brothers who acted as the redeemers of the Jewish nation. But we don't really know very much about the nation itself. Who were they? What was their opinion? We talk about, in the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, we talk about the Zakanim, the elders of this group of people who had been enslaved. But now this is the first moment that they express themselves in terms of their gratitude and in terms of their feelings towards God for having redeemed them from slavery and now from almost certain death at the hands of the Egyptian army. Oz Yoshir Moshe, the Jewish nation as one sang this incredible song of faith. They sang together to express their gratitude, their hakoras hatoiv, to Hashem for having redeemed them from this incredibly difficult situation that they found themselves in. What was the first thing that they said? They said, Ashir al Hashem, we will sing to Hashem. Ki he is exalted above those who are arrogant, who are superior. Sus the horse and the rider he threw into the sea. Let's see what the Mikdash HaLevi has to say. Lich'oira, he says. I mean, if you think about it, let's, let's be clear. Let's be honest. Let's be truthful. If, if somebody would ask us, I mean, no one is asking us, but if we were to be asked, what was the foundational miracle? What was the most important, the most prominent miracle that happened in the course of the events that had taken place for which they were singing this song? In terms of what do we want to focus on? What is it that this is the central theme of a song that we're going to sing in acknowledging the incredible miracle of Kriyas Yamsuf. Mit Makadim Bitviya Sasus Im 
If we were to choose the one thing that would grab our attention, if it had happened to us, as to what it would be that we would sing about, it wouldn't be the fact that the horse and the rider were um, thrown into the sea and that they drowned. What would we talk about? We'd talk about the fact that the sea split. What would be the thing that was most outstanding if we had, I mean, if we're thinking, let's put ourselves in the shoes of those who are now singing Oz Yashir. What are we going to sing about, sing about? We're going to sing about the fact that the sea split. Or perhaps we would say, Perhaps we would sing about not the fact that it was split, but the fact that the sea returned to itself in the morning after we had emerged from it. Or perhaps some of the other, many of the other uh, open miracles that occurred uh, in, 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 in the midst of this incredible event that we refer to as Kriyas Yamsuf, the splitting of the Red Sea. There were so many miracles that happened. The last thing that we might have thought about, if we were about to sing a song to celebrate this incredible victory, would be Ki goi go sus roma vayom. There's so many Midrashim that talk about the incredible miracles. You know that the Haggadah on uh, Pesach at the Seder, we talk about the many miracles that occurred. There's a difference of opinion whether it was 50, whether it was 100, 200, 250 miracles. There were so many miracles that occurred in the course of that one night when the Red Sea split. Why is it that they're focused and that the Oz Yoshir song is focused on Sus Varechvay Romavayom. It's a good question. I think you'll agree. Af, ach, heino moitzim onu, shekasha moish rabbeinu bevakesh, lahamchish, es geus Hashem, uleshevach es gudulose. We see here that when Moish Rabbeinu decides that, you know, we're going to sing a song, whether it was spontaneous or whether it was planned, whatever the case may be, that the one thing um, that we're going to do when we praise Hashem for His exaltedness, for His greatness, for His omnipotence. What's the one thing he focuses on? Unbelievable. The one thing that Moshe Rabbeinu talks about in the song, in the lyrics of Oz Yashir, is the fact that that the Horse and the riders were drowned in the sea. Lamrot shehaprat haspecifi hazeh. Despite the fact that this specific um, fact, if you think about it, is not in fact miraculous at all. Let's, let's unpack it. Let's just think about it for a moment. I mean, the fact is, that it, it totally fits in with the laws of nature. Because the fact is that if a horse and its rider get caught up in the sea, what's going to happen to them? I'll tell you what's going to happen. They're going to drown. So what exactly is the praise here? You've just experienced the most 
unbelievable miracle of all time. And you focus in the song that you sing that is a praise that is somehow meant to acknowledge the incredibleness of this moment. What do you focus on? The one thing that in fact isn't a miracle because you're focusing on the fact that when the horse and its rider were caught in the sea that they drowned and they died. Really? Of course they drowned because when horses and riders are caught in the sea and they can't swim, do you know what's going to happen? They're going to drown. What's miraculous about that? How about the splitting of the Red Sea? Don't have any time for that. Why is this the first thing that you focus on? The Im Gedoyla Plia Moshe Rabbeinu, if you're going to say that this question is a great question, Moshe Rabbeinu, who, by the way, continued in Oz Yoshe to talk about many other aspects of the miracle, he begins the song with this particular praise. We have to even folk when we look at Miriam's praise. You remember Miriam? She was Moshe's older sister, six years older than Moshe. After Oz Yosher is finished, she gathers together the women and she begins to sing her own version of Oz Yosher. It's much shorter. It's a, a summary of Oz Yosher. She sings a song. There, in her song, she completely avoids, she totally uh, doesn't discuss any of the other Nisim. So she doesn't talk about them. She doesn't mention them. She doesn't even uh, um, give them any attention whatsoever. The only praise that she mentions in her version of Oz Yoshe, which is much shorter, it's a summarized version, is this one. If you look at the Psukim, after Oz Yoshe, look immediately afterwards, it says, that Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the drum. All the women came out after her with the drums and with dancing. And do you know what Miriam said to them? Let's sing to Hashem. He is exalted over those who are arrogant. That's the only lyrics. In the song of Miriam. There's nothing else. Ozyoshi has many more. These are the lyrics of the song of Miriam. You know what she said? That's the only thing she had to say. And frankly speaking, we have to wonder. This is the only thing she could find in all the Different things she could have said about Hashem to praise him. This is the only thing she could find to say. After the countless number of miracles, of open miracles that occurred in the Kriyas Yamsuf that had taken place overnight. This is the only thing she could find to say in her shira. Could she not mention the unbelievable miracle that had occurred? The, the much greater miracle that had occurred. The actual splitting of the sea. Now that's a miracle. If you're going to say something, she should have said... Um, the, 
song that we're going to sing is going to be a song about the splitting of the Red Sea. Look at the miracle that Hashem did for us. That is the question that the Mikdash HaLevi, my grandfather in his Sefer, poses about the opening verse, the opening pasuk of Oz Yosher, and about the song that was sung by Miriam together with all the women of Klal Yisrael immediately after Oz Yosher was over. If we look a little deeper, we're going to see, I'm not going to go through every reference, but we can see that the theme, the horse theme, is some equestrian theme, is something that occurs more than once during the course of Oz Yosher. And seemingly, why do they take such a central location, such a central place? Why are they so important for the song of Oz Yosher? What is this focus, this obsession with horses when singing the song about Kriyas Yamsuf? Let's think about it. What is a horse? It's a means of transport. That's all it is. This is what they use to get from place A to place B in Egypt. Like a car. You know, we use cars. We get from place A to place B. Wherever we are, we use a car. We don't focus on the car. We get into the car. We drive it. We go from place A. But the point is that we are in place A. And then we go to place B. And we use the car to get from one place to the other. But we don't focus on it too much, of course, unless you are in the motor industry or you're in the motor business and you're making money out of cars. Cars are just a means to an end. They're a mode of transport. In which case, why does this means of transport, in the case of Ozyosha, it's a horse, take such a central place in the song that was sung by Moshe Rabbeinu and the Jewish people by Miriam and Avia and all the women after the miracle of Kriyas Yamsuf. And let's suggest as follows the answer to this question. There's a Gemara in Meseches Chagiga. We learn in the Gemara it says, Oma Reish Lokish. Reish Lokish said as follows. That which it says in the Pasuk, we will sing to Hashem because he is exalted over the arrogant. Shira Lamisha Mizgoel Ageim. Let's see what this Shira is. What is it about that he was Mizgoe Al Hageim? That he was exalted over those who are Geim. I've used the word arrogant as the translation, but actually it's the same word. He is exalted over those who are exalted. I'm going to use a slightly different word. He is superior. God is superior over those who are superior. To Omar Mar, because we said as follows, Melech Shebechayos, the king of the beasts, Ari is a lion. Melech Shebabahemois, who is the king of the animals, the domesticated animals, Shoir, it is a bull. Melech Shebaifais, the king of the birds. Nesher, we translate that as eagle, although we know that in the times of the Gemara we're not talking about eagle, we're talking about a vulture. 
we know that there are primary species in every category. The Adam misgoe alehen says Reish quoting this brisa or this quotation. I'm not sure it's a brisa or mamar. Somebody, somebody had said that the Adam is misgoe alehem. That whether it's an Ari or it is a Shoir or it's a Nesher, the one that is superior over all of these superior ones is none other than the human being. But Hashem, God, is superior over all of them. In fact, God is superior, is greater, is more exalted, is more uh, um, significant than anything else that may exist in the Bria, that may exist in creation, in the whole universe. Hare Lonu. From this Gemara we can see. That the ultimate praise for God. And this was the praise that Moshe wanted to focus on most of all in the song that he was going to sing after the um, the Kriyas Yamsuf, it's the fact that God is superior over everything. Everything that we think is significant, God is superior to that. The fact is that God's kingdom, using that word, is more significant and more powerful than any other kingdom that may exist in the universe. Don't imagine that there's anything in the universe that's more powerful than God. That's the message, the central theme, the core theme of Oz Yoshir that Moshe wished to convey. Do you know what Hashem is? He's referred to in our liturgy, in literature, in Jewish traditional literature as Melech Malachi Hamlochim, the king of the king of kings. He is the most important. God is the most significant in terms of power when we are to consider everything that is out there. Be Kriyas Yamsuf. Now let's look at Kriyas Yamsuf. His Galsov is Barra be Yeses of Yesais. This was the most obvious, the most amazing revelation of God's power and God's omnipotence that has ever occurred in history. That's what Kriyas Yamsuf was. Malchusoyis Barach. It was his blessed kingdom, his kingship, his monarchy. And therefore, Specifically, on Moshe Rabbeinu Sashira Asher Noyado Lahoidois Al Giloi Kvoid Malchusoi. The most important point that Moshe wished to focus on, to underscore, when he sang a song together with the Bnei Yisrael and what Miriam was singing about as well, when dealing with the events of Kriyas Yamsuf was the incredible power of God's kingship, of his kingdom. Gilui kvoid malchusa yisparach ba'olam ba'es kriyas yamsuf. That was the most important point. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to focus on and that's what he spoke about in Oz Yashir. Umi'ata, 
And from this nira kufa. Let's think about what the horse represented in the in the time of Kriyas Yamsuf, in the era when the exodus from Egypt took place. Let's think of what the horse represented. The horse, the domesticated horse, represented the most powerful aspect of, we're going to call, you're going to use these words because we're going to see it's relevant to us as well, of technology and advance in terms of what they would have referred to in those days as their modernity. They were the most advanced nation on earth. What enabled them in this advance was their mastery over the horse, that they could use horses to pull chariots, to pull carts, that they had domesticated the horse to service their needs, to transport them and to act as um, uh, as vehicles, I know that they were animals, but as vehicles in a situation of war, that they could use horses, you know, incredible strength and speed, but that they could harness it because they had control, because they were in the chariot, so that they could beat their enemies, and that they were the most powerful uh, country, the most powerful empire on the planet. Why? Because they had horses. That's what the Mikdash Halevi says. Do you know what horses were in those days? They were like tanks in modern warfare. They were like the most modern technological advances that any army has. The military hardware of the most modern army in the world we would today say F-35s, we would say the technology that we have in terms of controlling the internet, drones, I don't know, whatever you, I'm not a military expert, whatever it is that is today that gives the edge, the qualitative edge of the American army in any kind of war situation. That was what Egypt had and it was most represented by the horse, by the horse and the chariot and its rider. This was the um, the air force, let's call it, of the time. They didn't have aeroplanes. What they had was sus v'reichvay. V'omna meitzim onu she'tstavo melech Yisrael sheloi laharbais susim. And that's why we see that when we have the instruction in the Torah for the creation of a Jewish monarchy, what is the Jewish monarch instructed not to do? That no Jewish king should have too many horses. He shouldn't return via his love of susim, of horses, of this modern technological advance in terms of military um, expertise and military prowess, that's not what the king is there to do, the king of Israel is there to do. The king of Israel is there to be a moral leader, to be there as a bastion of faith, not to be somebody who represents the might and the power of the Jewish nation. God tells you, never return to this model that existed in Egypt of having a lot of 
horses if you are the king. So from this says the Mikdash Alevi, we can see that the pride of Egypt, it's almost as if they were a nuclear power, that they had the technology, the military prowess, as a result of being masters of the of the equestrian warfare, the equestrian military strategy, that they were the most powerful nation on earth. That's what identified them as the powerful Egypt that they had become. Vim Cain, and therefore, if that's the case, Borur Hetev Madua Mudgash Kama Poeme Bahalachashira Shakodish Broch Hichnia Suseem Shalmitraim. Now we understand why during the course of Ozyoshir. It was so important to mention the fact that Hashem had somehow subjugated, had managed to take control of the situation despite the great prowess of Egypt via its horses, its military horses. Shekain Kfisha bi Arnu, for as we have explained, Mataras Hashira Hinolahoidais Algilu Kvoit Shamayim Baolom Bem Tsos Kriyas Yamsov. We want to see how it is that Kriyas Yamsov demonstrated that Hashem is more powerful than anything else that exists out there. When and we through the medium of this miracle of Kriyas Yamsov. And the fact is, through this fact, through this, uh, uh, this demonstration of God's power via his having totally destroyed their military pride, which was um, epitomized, the foil here is the horse and its rider and the chariots. What was it if they would have had a stamp or if they would have had a coin that we could show you? I would show you the stamp that they put on an envelope or the coin that they used as currency would have had on it a horse and a chariot and a rider. That for them was the best demonstration of who they were as people. We are the most powerful people on earth and therefore we are the most powerful, but they were not the most powerful because Hashem is always more powerful than even the mightiest power that may exist in the universe. And via demonstrating that the horses were powerless, we can see that uh, God is powerful. That is why this was focused on in terms of as Yosher talking about it. Let's take a posuk from Tehillim in Tehillim. And this is in Kapitel Lamed Gimel, Pasig Yudzain. We say, Sheker hasus l'seshua uveroiv cheiloi lo yamali. Do you know what that means? A horse is a false hope for victory. With his power, one will not escape. Kerkach gam pasach moish rabbeinu shirasei v'hidgish t'akodish baruch niach es mitzrayim im hasusim. That's how Moshe Rabbeinu began the shira, began this song of praise that he gave for the Jewish people, together with the Jewish people, to praise Hashem for what had happened at Kriyas Yamsuf, to say that they had demonstrated that the horse was powerless in the face of the power of Hashem. Shehuvu sama gvurasam v'chayzkam. The fact is, the horse is being used, I mean, obviously, the Torah is a time-bound book in that it can only express that which was relevant at the time that it was revealed. 
the Torah was revealed at the time of Moshe Rabbeinu. What was the most powerful symbol of power that existed at that time? It was the horse. And therefore, the horse is what Moshe Rabbeinu focuses on in order to demonstrate for us. And we don't have to use the word horse. We can use technology. We can use tanks. We can use nuclear weapons. We can, whatever we're going to decide. Sus Hashem is going to be much more powerful than any of those things. And it was via the fact, it was as a result of the fact that that the Jewish people who were so frightened that they were going to be obliterated and eliminated by the army, the Egyptian army, when they saw the army completely overwhelmed by the sea, then they knew that Hashem is Hashem, the Yaminu Bashem Uva Moshe Avdoi. And what's the lesson that we can learn from this? This important lesson is what the Jewish people learnt when they stood on the banks on the shore of the of the Red Sea. They saw they could literally see in front of their eyes the power of God Almighty. Which is more powerful than any of the power that may exist in the universe. And this is the lesson that we can take back with us. This is the lesson that we can learn for all time for us as well. Of course, we have to focus on the open miracles that occur and the wonders that we come across. And even in our day, we're surrounded by nations in the land of Israel and across the world who would wish to destroy us, who could think of nothing better in the world than for the Jewish nation to disappear. That is the challenge that we face. And by the way, as my grandfather is about to tell us, they have um, more power than we could ever have. We are minuscule in numbers. As Rabbi Jonathan Sachs used to say, the number of Jews in the world is equal to the statistical margin of error in the Chinese census. That's how insignificant we are in the world. Let's be honest that among the nations of the world, including people for whom the destruction of the Jewish nation would be a wonderful thing, they have technology and weaponry that could obliterate us forever. They could totally destroy us, and we know that to be the case. But we have to believe. We really have to be able to say, Oz Yoshe Moshe, Ashir Azais. The fact is, we have nothing else to rely on except for our Father in Heaven. However great the IDF may be in the Israeli Air Force, however great we may be in terms of lobbying in the corridors of power to ensure our survival, ultimately we must give over our faith, our emunah completely to the fact that Hashem's, Hashem wants us to survive. We must do everything in our power to make sure in the, according to the laws of nature that the Jewish nation can survive, but ultimately we are dependent on the 
power of Shomayim, of the power of Hashem to protect us. Only He can ensure that if we do that which we need to do. If we do what it is that God wants from us, He will make sure that He destroys all of our enemies. In front of us, whatever they may have in terms of weaponry that we think might destroy us. And we're going to quote a posuk from Tehillim. This is what David HaMelech said. They may have chariots. They may have riders. All we need to do is remind ourselves of the name of Hashem. And that will be sufficient for us. We know that whatever we have, there's always going to be somebody with a bigger weapon and a more powerful strategy to destroy us. We have to daven to Hashem. We have to make sure that we stay close to Hashem and that we're able to say, that He is the one who can destroy the horse and its chariot, its rider, can be drowned in the sea despite their great might and power. They are nothing when faced with the might and power of God. We're going to say one more piece from my grandfather Sefer about Oz Yosher, which is also an absolute beauty. This is my God, and I will glorify him. This is the God of my father, and I will exalt him. The Gemara says, this is a Gemara in Shabbos, Tafkuflamid Gimelomid base. Tanya. The Pasuk says, This is my God and I will glorify Him. Says the Gemara, Adorn yourself before God in commandments. For example, Make yourself a beautiful sukkah. Make sure that you obtain for sukkahs a beautiful lulav. The shofar noya. Make sure that when you blow shofar, that it's the most beautiful shofar that you can find. Tzitzis noya. Make sure that you have the most beautiful tzitzis that you can wear. Sefer Torah noya. Make sure that when you write a Sefer Torah on parchment or a scroll that we read every Shabbos and Mondays and Thursdays, Yomim Tovim in Shul, that it is the most beautiful Sefer Torah that you can do. The Kosaboy Lishmoy Bedyoy Noe and write in it for Hashem, write in it with the finest ink, Bakumus Noe with a fine quill, Belavlar Uman with the best scribe that you can find, the Korchai Basiroin Noin and wrap it in the most beautiful silk. Zekeli Vanveu, that's what it means. This is my God and I will glorify him, I will adorn him, I will make him look beautiful. Do it via the mitzvahs that you can do. Abba Shaul Oimer. Abba Shaul has a different pshat. This is also in the Gemara there in Shabbos, Dav Kuflamid Gimel Amid Beis. Abba Shaul says, what does it mean? I will beautify him. What does that word mean? Have a doime loy 
be the same as him, just as he is kind and merciful, so you too should be kind and merciful. Now, that's what the Gemara says. The Targum Unculus, the Targum which is the translation into Aramaic that accompanies the Torah, the Hebrew, the Loshna Kodesh of the Torah, the Targum Unculus translates every word, sometimes deviates slightly from the literal translation to add a pshat, to add some type of interpretation to what the words mean. He says as follows, Va'anvehu, what's the word anvehu? Va'avni le mikdosh, build for Hashem a mikdosh, a sanctuary. Va'hainu shekan his nabe Moshe albinion beisam mikdosh. You know what this means? That the Targum Unclus is telling us that when they said zekeli va'anvehu, the Jewish people declared, this is my God and I will glorify him, I will beautify him. They were saying this was a prophecy for the future that they would build him the most beautiful sanctuary in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem. There came Pirshu Ramban va Ibn Ezra. The Ibn Ezra and the Ramban say exactly the same thing, that Zekeli va'anvehu is a prediction for the future when the Jewish nation was going to build themselves a Beis HaMikdosh. Let's think about it. Surely we just said in the Gemara that Zekeli Mambeu means that you have to do either, you have to do mitzvahs very beautifully, or as Abba Shol says, you have to be like Hashem, that you're Chanum Varachum, like he is Chanum Varachum, you too have to be Chanum Varachum. If you look into it more carefully, you could see that both interpretations are true, and they don't contradict each other. This is my grandfather's pshat in this seeming contradiction between the Gemara that we saw in Shabbos Kuflamet Gimel and what the Targum Unculus says that is endorsed and repeated by the Ramban and the Ibn Ezra. Shekein nira loima, shelishitas ha-Targum Unculus. We could say that the opinion of Targum Unculus is, haderech banucha lezchus lezakois lebinyam beis hamikdash. How would we ever merit to build a beis hamikdash? How is it that it's ever going to be possible for us to build a sanctuary for Hashem in Yerushalayim? Hinu al yedei shenekayim es hamitzvahs. The only way that we'll ever merit to build a beis hamikdash is if we carry out the mitzvahs, if we carry out the commandments of God as they appear in the Torah. Hein es hamitzvahs shebein adam lemakayim whether they are the ritual mitzvahs that exist between us and God. That's what Chazal were talking about in the Gemara when they said that we need to do these mitzvahs, sukkah, lulav, shofar, writing a sefer Torah. These are all ritual mitzvahs that we have to do them in the finest possible way. Whether... As Chazal are telling us, that these are mitzvahs between a human and a human, between us within society. 
That's what Abba Shol is saying, that we may, must make sure that when we do mitzvahs bein adam lachavera, we have to act like Hashem. We have to be rachum and chanun like God. That's what he's telling us. Zekeli va'anveu means you have to act like God in your behavior towards other human beings. If we carry out, if we do all these mitzvahs, then we will be zoiche. We will merit, we will be enabled via our acts, whether it's bein odom lemokom or bein odom lechaveri, to build the Beis HaMikdosh. And through this, it will, even though we're not going to be the ones that actually build it, we're not putting the bricks in, we're not making sure that the construction is done, but we, the ordinary Jew, who do the mitzvahs bein odom lemokim and bein odom lechaveri, have a chelek, have a part in the binyan beis hamikdash via those mitzvahs, as Targum Unkulus and Ramban and Ibn Ezra are hinting to us, because... Um, they are telling us that the Gemara in Shabbos Kuflamid Gimel is simply informing us the route, the methodology that we should use in order to build a Beis Amikdosh, and then we can participate it. That's what it means when the Targum says Mikdosh that we will build the Beis Amikdosh. And this says the Mikdash Alevi, Oleinu Lizkar Hetev. We need to remember this very, very well. We must recall this constantly. Oleinu Lizkar Zais Biyameinu Onu. This is something we need to remember in our days, in our time, in the time that we live. Shabavinaseinu Harachara Beis Amikdash. Sadly, as a result of our sins in the past, not our direct sins, but the sins of those Jews who lived in that time, the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. Shekain rak onu al and it's only as a result of what we do if we carry out the mitzvahs as we are meant to. Nuchalahachish es binyonoi lezakos lashras shchinosi isparach besachenu. If we do the mitzvahs properly, if we do the ben adam lemokay mitzvahs properly and the ben adam lechavera mitzvahs properly, we can have the merit in our times to build the Beis Hamikdash. That's what Unculus is telling us. That's what the Ramban is telling us. That's what the Ibn Ezra is telling us. We want to have this opportunity. We have to follow the Ma'amar Chazal. We have to follow what Abba Shol said, what the Gemara said in Shabbos of Kuflamad Gimel, of observing the mitzvahs, not just that we are going through the motions, but we're doing it behidur. We're doing it in the finest possible way, that we're building a sukkah no'eh. We have a lulav no'eh. We have a shoifar no'er, that we have a sefer toyer no'er that's written with the finest ink and by the best cipher. That is the way that we can build a Beis HaMikdash. And if we're kind to each other, we treat each other with respect, that we are chanun varachum like Hashem is chanun varachum, then we are zeicher to build a Beis HaMikdash. Rak onu im lekaimes ha-mitzvay shebein odom lechaberai, ves ha-mitzvay shebein odom lamokayim, we can take an active role in the construction that's going to occur of the building of the Beis HaMikdash. We'll leave it here for today. Thank you so much. Thank you.